Welcome to the Reinvent Relevance podcast. I'm your host, Jason Mutzfeld, Director of Learning at Merfeld Career Management. Our show is about what we do to help people who want to take charge of their careers. We call it Reinventing Relevance, embracing change to do the work worth doing. Today's topic, does your degree settle where you're going to be working? Is it a predetermined path when you get a degree in X? Does it mean you'll always be in X or can you pivot? Joining me today is Julia Megan Sullivan, the Director of Talent Management at the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. And Julia and I share a commonality in that neither one of us has a degree in what we do. So I'm gonna turn it over to you, Julia. Thanks for joining us today. Tell us, you know, what did, you, how did, what is career destiny to you? How did you get here? <laughs> I'm so glad to see you, Jason. Thanks so much for having me on. And it's true. Uh, we share bachelor's degrees in theater or acting or in performing. And even though I still do some of that, that is not my primary career, as you just explained. Um, I made a big pivot. And I think to answer your question at the top of the show, uh, no, your degree does not set your career destiny. And I think that any degree that you get is going to teach you core skills about communications and analysis and some specific skills about your area of study. But it's really those big thinking skills and those relationship skills that are going to be applicable no matter what your job is. And so as an acting major, right, I learned how to storytell. I learned how to communicate clearly. I learned a lot of emotional intelligence, and I use those every single day in talent management. Exactly, exactly. They they told us when I I know when I started uh, in undergrad a gazillion and a half years ago, uh, they said, "Look, you are going to learn how to learn, and that is the skill you're going to take away. It doesn't matter whether your degree is in chemistry, or in business, or in theater, or you know you name it." Uh, there actually used to be a home ec degree at the university or the college where I went. Uh, you could get that degree, and that degree just certified the fact that you knew how to learn and you know how to express yourself. And you and I both know if if you're online at all and you're you follow theater blogs and and blogs and Facebook posts, that there's so much talk about what the theater arts, for example, how that gives you such an edge in all sorts of fields in the endeavor. So tell me a little bit about your your journey, how you ended up, you know, you went to, you were in New York at, at school, and tell me how, how that worked out for you, how, that, how that ended up. Yeah, when I was in high school, I really had dual passions. One was STEM fields, science, technology, engineering, and math. I thought I wanted to be a calculus teacher or a physics teacher because I loved it so much. And then also performing. I had been performing and singing and dancing and acting really for the majority of my life. And I wasn't willing to give up either one of those things. So when I went to look for colleges, my family was from the East Coast, so I was kind of leaving, leaning heavily to head that way. And the first school I got accepted into was Carnegie Mellon in Pittsburgh. And they said, come study cognitive science, come work with computers, which at the time I didn't, I barely had a computer at home. Um, and, and so I said, yes, how could I say no to such a great school? Yeah. So off I went, and unfortunately at that time, even though they were very excited about having women in STEM, and they certainly you know, worked with me and were excited to have me there, there just weren't mentoring networks set up or almost like a redshirt program like we have at the U of I to get people who were living in a more rural town who hadn't been working with computers you know, for decades or even though you were a young person, so I guess a decade. 
um, to really be successful. And so I found myself really struggling and without a support system to help prop me up and get me where I needed to be. So I decided to make the bold decision to go audition for a performance arts degree and pursue my other passion at New York University's Tisch School of the Arts. And in I got and off I went to New York. Um, and it was wonderful. It was absolutely wonderful. It was a conservatory setting along with arts education that required a lot of analysis of plays and script analysis and historical deep dives, but it was mostly a performance degree, right? I was in the studio eight hours a day for at least three days a week, if not more. And so from there, though, I had always kept my computer skills up because um, I liked it, right? I liked to web design at the time. It was literally opening up a notepad and opening a tag that said HTML. <laughs> I mean, that's how yep. I learned, yep. right? Mm -hmm. There were you know, none of these WYSIWYG things. You just do it. Mm -hmm. So I kept those skills up and I ended up leveraging them into a position in marketing and graphic design with the New York University Health Center, which allowed me to stay in New York after graduating and pursue opportunities while still having a steady salary and health insurance, all things that were important to me as I kind of transitioned into adulting, right? <laughs> People in the arts <laughs> who know that, they're like, oh, you got what? Exactly, right? Exactly, yeah. So from there, uh, I got hired out in to do acting gigs. And so I toured across the country. I sat down with a bunch of theaters. Um, I did the non-equity thing where I made 175 bucks a week, you know, pre-tax, no health insurance, you know, ought to be young and to be yeah. able to live on nothing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but ultimately a job ended and my mom, who was living in central Illinois, said, instead of going back to New York, why don't you come here? I haven't seen you in a long time. Get a temp job and just, you know, hang out for the summer, make some money and you can go back out. So I did, but unfortunately I had some health problems that grounded me and meant that I couldn't go touring anymore and that my theater career was really gonna change. So the good news was I had always kept up those computer skills. I could still write websites, even though I had learned past just basic HTML. Um, I still had all my storytelling skills. I had been teaching all along my acting career as well, doing workshops for kids and for adults. So I understood how to put together a curriculum. And whenever I worked at a theater, I always got to know the marketing managers just to learn, like, how do you get these buses in this dinner theater in the middle of Virginia? You know I mean, like, I just didn't know. I was curious. Yeah, it's a smart thing to know. Yeah. Right. I just always thought it was really interesting. Like, who are these people? Right. <laughs> so when I ended up back landing in central Illinois, I had a bunch of really marketable skill sets. And so I ended up picking up some marketing jobs and one led to another, led to another. And that's how I got to the U of I where I started off at the intersection of communication and technology, working for the Department of Education, I'm sorry, Department of Electrical and Computer Engineering. Mm -hmm. um, from there, there was the talent management team in advancement. So those are the fundraisers and the people who work in alumni relations and really help build affinity towards the university. And I was a super fan of the team and I just started volunteering to run workshops for them about giving great presentations or how to overcome stage fright and how to story tell when you're working with a potential donor and then an opening on that team uh happened and now here i am so i've been in the role for a little more than a year and it's a great fit that's fantastic you know that's one thing when i work i also work in higher ed so we have that in common too mm -hmm. um you know so it's a matter of helping students understand look this is not an a to b tab a slot b sort of scenario people think that when they get a degree oh i'm going to get a degree in criminal justice and therefore i will go do uh, be a forensic examiner well 
Not necessarily. <laughs> it's all about the transferable skills. And you're, you're 100% right. All the people that we coach who are finding themselves out on the street and on right now on the, the COVID-19 skids, so to speak, and they're sitting there, what am I going to do next? Understanding those transferable skills and constantly learning. You, you, you know, you did exactly what you were supposed to do. You know, learn something new every day and you did that. Now, in talent management, which is the sort of the flip side of career management, where mm -hmm. we're, we're focused on people getting into places, you're focused on people in the place. Absolutely. Uh, tell, me, tell me a little bit about how you approach, you know, you're not doing hiring directly, but how you deal with the individual skills that people don't always fit in the roles they're, they're positioned into. They're not, everyone, bean counters want to pigeonhole everybody so that the organization, where are you at in the organizational chart? Not necessarily the best thing. Tell me a little bit about your talent management philosophy and how you use your uh, your history of moving around and building on your skills with your the people you work with. Absolutely, uh, we believe really deeply in person first, mm -hmm. uh, not organization first, and not policy first. Policy first is a little more of an HR approach, and even though we're HR adjacent. Really, our goal in talent management is to make sure that the person is successful and we'd like to retain them at the university and specifically in advancement. But sometimes that does mean shifting to another role. It's the old bus analogy, right? You got to get the good right people on the bus. You put them in the right seats. It really is the same thing. And sometimes the jobs can flex. And so we work with supervisors to do that, but sometimes the person actually has a better fit somewhere else on campus, right? That's my story moving yeah. around campus. Yeah. Um, and so we do that through individual coaching, through lots of professional development, through lots of leadership development. And I think to amplify what you said, we all come in with such great transferable skills and sometimes people don't even realize they have them, right? They'll be like, oh yeah, what I did was run this million dollar project. And then really breaking down, well, what did that mean? Were you doing project management? Were you doing updates to the C-suite? Were you supervising people, even if informally? You know, what kind of uh, scheduling system were you running? And so sometimes that's something that we coach people, whether they're looking for a different job or even just looking to expand their own job to really kind of dig into what your real skills are. And I know that fits right with what you do. Exactly. That you've just described the Clifton strengths in a lot of ways. Exactly. Gallup's approach. Yeah. I mean, that's all the way, you know, you, you gotta look at the individual as an individual. And it's, it's funny you say HR adjacent because yeah, HR sometimes feels like, uh, and, and this is no offense to anyone in HR, sometimes it feels like it gets in the way. And then again, so does IT and facilities and, and, and accounting in any department can seem right. like they get in the way. But focusing on the individual is, is, is a nice thing that they do. I mean, it's, it's a very forward-thinking strategy. I'm, I, I hope to see more and more organizations doing it. So just as we're running out of time here, what advice would you have for either somebody starting out uh, from I am just now going to college to I am... 45, 55 years old, and life is just, the legs have been swept out from under me. What advice would you give to somebody looking to be, have that sort of adaptable career that you mm -hmm. I think the best advice I can give is that you can always reinvent yourself. 
only your own thoughts are what make you fixed, right? It's that fixed versus growth mm -hmm. mindset. Yeah. And so whatever skills you've learned from no matter how specific of a job, you can always kind of put them in a jar and shake them up and they'll come out in a new way that will fit perfectly with something that you're excited about. Exactly. Exactly. I couldn't have said it better myself. Well, great. <laughs> exactly. Reinvention. It's really what it's all about. Well, Julia, thank you for joining us today. And I do really do appreciate having this conversation with you because people need to hear that, look, this isn't just pie in the sky stuff. This real people do this every day, just like you. Absolutely. So. Thanks so much for the conversation. It's been so much fun. Oh, I, I appreciate you being here. Well, thank you everyone for joining us. Uh, we do appreciate you tuning in. Uh, if you have any further questions, check out our website, Merfeld.com, or drop us a line. Check us out on LinkedIn. We love to meet new people. And let us see if we can maybe help you reinvent your relevance. Everyone have a great week. We will talk to you soon.